This is David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 120. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and I wanted to present this special episode of the day after the massacre that took place at a King Supers store in Boulder, Colorado. By no means am I trying to change the trajectory of the We Are Superman podcast into a political commentary, but this particular incident does strike very close to home. This store has, uh, well, connection to uh, David as well as me. Um, If you were to go run up Bear Peak, which, as many of you know, was one of David's favorite spots to run, you would most likely make a stop, I know we did, at the King Supers on Table Mesa Drive. And uh, a gunman went in there, as everybody knows, yesterday and shot up the store and killed 10 people, including one police officer, a father of seven. Uh, Just an incredibly tragic scene that uh, unfortunately is uh, playing out too often in this country. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about what is going on in this country right now with this. And uh, before you think, hey, this is just another commie, pinko, lefty, liberal from Boulder talking about gun control, uh, please hear me out here. This is a, a poignant episode. Uh, again, you know, I've been in this store many times. Colorado, unfortunately, has seen too many of these. Um, and I've had not direct connections to these, but obviously uh, it has been an effect on, on me as well as a lot of others. I, I, I used to coach at a school, Platte Canyon High School, where seven years before I coached there, there was a gunman who broke into the school, held a bunch of girls hostage in a classroom. One of the girls, uh, Emily Keys, ended up dying as a result of that invasion by this uh, just sick individual. Um, I had a chance um, on several occasions to chat with her dad, John Keyes, uh, John Michael Keyes, I should say, a very nice man who uh, formed the We um, uh, I Love You Guys Foundation, which was based on the last phrase that his daughter Emily texted to him and his wife before she died, unfortunately, in that. And uh, the foundation has actually implemented programs throughout schools in the country to cope with uh, and dealing with situations just like happened at Platte Canyon High School and, of course, too many others. Uh, and, of course, um, there was April 20th, 1999, when I still remember very well a track practice with my team that we knew something was going on at Columbine High School. We, we didn't understand very well at that very moment exactly how bad it was. Of course, we were to find out just hours and days later what an awful scene that was. It was a very somber practice that day. And unfortunately, uh, as just it, this kind of thing's happened too often in Colorado. It's happened too often in this country. And the sad thing about this King Supers is that, um, you know, it's a supermarket. And, you know, I, I know speaking for myself over this past 12 months or so of pandemic, uh, I didn't get out to many places aside from the gym, which I fortunately had access to to one of those or to go out and run maybe, and the supermarket. And so um, I know a lot of people were in the supermarket just doing their daily thing as as we unwind from this pandemic. It's a place where people can, you know, go ahead and obviously uh, buy their food. And sadly enough, there were a lot of people who were in line at the time for their COVID shots, um, trying to get help us get out of this whole pandemic. And here they meet with tragedy. So um, just a horrific situation. And um, it, it's definitely causing, you know, a lot of dismay on my part on various fronts. Um, 
I've talked to a couple of people who I know of very, you know, conservative people who um, explained to me, um, you know, for instance, one said, this is the reason why I carry a gun with me whenever I go out. And, you know, I, I feel bad that isn't in this country that people feel the need to need self-protection like that. Um, th- th- this country has a, a gun addiction, unfortunately, uh, for good or for bad. Um, y- you know, we're never going to be like some of these countries such as Britain or Canada or Australia who have single-digit number of handgun deaths a year. So, unfortunately, with as many weapons as there are out there, and from recent estimates, I've heard there are 350 million weapons in circulation in the United States. Um, obviously, I feel you know sad for people who feel like they need to have that kind of protection on them. At the same time, though, his opinion was that, well, if I had been in that store, I would have been able to do something about this. And, you know, as I asked him, I said, have you heard of any mass shooting situation yet where a bystander who happened to be have a weapon either concealed or unconcealed, actually was able to stop a mass shooter situation. I mean, my point being that here you had a police officer who I would assume has much greater firepower and training in situations like this than the average citizen does, and he was killed in that situation. I I, I just don't see very easily how uh, a, a person or two who have their own guns are going to be able to apprehend somebody who has obviously thought this out, has plenty of firepower. Um, You know, I look back at the Aurora theater theater shooting here again in Colorado a a couple of years ago. This, This guy got into the theater and sprayed bullets all over the place. This guy was armed like Rambo in the jungle. I mean, this guy was just loaded. And, you know, with several hundred people in that movie theater, I would guess that there was probably somebody there who had a weapon with them, you know, brought that in, you know, just uh, as a concealed carry or whatever. And obviously they weren't even able to get off a shot at this guy due to the fact this guy was, you know, so heavily armed and spraying bullets all over. And I would assume that would be the case um, in the supermarket at King Supers. Um, you know, this guy had a uh, an assault weapon type uh, weapon on him apparently. And, um, you know, again, uh, even a police officer wasn't able to apprehend him. It, it took a whole SWAT team to get in there after this guy. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if that argument is, is holding a lot of water for me. Uh, I, I heard another reason why people have guns from another conservative friend of mine who said, well, gun ownership is a, a right because we have the right to overthrow a tyrannical government. And I it kind of gives me a chill when I hear a statement like that because it reminds me of what happened January 6th where, you know, a small handful of people, very small percentage of people in this country thought that I guess this was a tyrannical election result and we're trying to overthrow the government. And I I just don't think that's what most gun owners have in mind. Um, You know, despite what people may think about the last couple of administrations we've had in Washington. Um, I I don't really think we've had a tyrannical government in in power, probably since the British. And uh, of course, you know, we overthrew them back in the 18th century. And here we're in the 21st century. I just don't see where um, we need guns to overthrow a tyrannical government. Um, At the same time, you know, I've got a lot of uh, left-wing friends, of course, who are anti-gun and you know, I think both sides need to find some common ground here if we're going to get anywhere. Um, you know, I know President Biden made a statement today saying that we need to do something about passing a 
uh, assault weapons ban in Congress. We need to pass more logical or more sensible gun control laws. And, you know, this is the same kind of story we hear after every single shooting, whether it's Parkland or whether it's um, uh, the, this town in Connecticut that I'm spacing out the name of now, Newtown, or, or any of these shootings. It's the same thing that we need to pass more gun control laws and nothing ever happens. And honestly, I'm not optimistic anything's going to happen here again after Boulder, um, unless the sides come to some kind of common ground. Um, you know, the, the assault weapon thing is one that has flummoxed me for a while. I mean, um, you know, admittedly, you know, full disclosure, I am a liberal thinker here, but I'm not the type of person who says, hey, we need to get rid of all the guns. I don't think there's any possibility of that happening. It's not practical. And, you know, I understand, you know, people feel the need for self-protection. I, I totally get that. I also, I'm not into saying, hey, we need to take away things like hunting rifles. I mean, hunting is a tradition not only in this country, but even in places that I mentioned like Canada and the UK and Australia. Um, I understand people are going to go hunting. It, it, it's not something I care to do. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to criticize people for it or stop people from doing it. I mean, I'm not into knitting. And, you know, I'm just not going to knit. And same thing, I'm not going to hunt. So, um, but, you know, I, again, I, I think a lot of amendment, people who favor the Second Amendment feel fear that there are people who are going to try to take away all of their guns. And, you know, I, I think the left needs to make those people feel more comfortable that that is not what their purpose is all about. But I, I know they think that it's kind of like a domino theory. You let the first uh, let, let first domino fall, and next thing you know, uh, they're taking away all the guns out there. So I, I think there has to be some sort of mutual understanding out there. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you have organizations like the NRA who spend millions and millions and millions every year to support their um, support their agenda, and obviously they buy off members of Congress, and they've got huge support. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure every single one of them voted for Donald Trump. I, I think Trump was very clever in, you know, talking about Second Amendment rights and, and making sure, ensuring that he would get all those votes. And, you know, they are a very powerful lobby. But, you know, I just, just the other day, they were celebrating very visibly on their own website about how a judge in Colorado overthrew the city of Boulder's ban on assault weapons and magazines, I believe, of more than 30 rounds. Um, ironically enough, the exact same weapon, apparently, that this shooter used uh, on Monday. So, um, but, you know, again, the, the NRA is very much espousing unpopular views with most people. And so, uh, you know, again, they've, I, I think everybody needs to kind of find a common ground here where we can actually work something out um, to come up with some common gun control. But, um, but you've got the left who believes very strongly in gun control. You've got the right who believes very strongly that this is simply a mental health issue. And, you know, I, I think if both sides work towards both those goals, I think we might get somewhere. But up until now, it hasn't gotten anywhere. Um, the mental health issue is something I think that is undeniable for, for both sides. However, the problem with just addressing mental health issues is that so many of these people slip through the cracks. Um, you take a case like in Las Vegas, where that guy uh, was in the hotel room and he sprayed bullets down on concert goers below and, and killed dozens of people. 
the Las Vegas police have closed the case with the conclusion they have no idea what his motive was. There was no apparent mental illness there. Um, he just went out there, and I don't know if it was a video game to him or whatever, but uh, this guy killed dozens of people. Um, so again, a mental Ill- illness kind of um, approach would not have got done any good with him. Um, the Parkland shooter, the Newtown shooter, we know that those guys were mentally ill, and yet it never seemed to rise to the level that anybody felt that they needed to uh, do something about those shooters. Uh, at Arapaho High School, again here in Colorado, again, a mentally ill student who was aware, who the school was aware of his mental illness, and yet never thought it of enough of a threat to do something about it before he ended up killing a girl in that school. Um, there, there was another one I was just thinking of as well. Oh, the Aurora Theater shooter. There is a guy who, he was seeing a therapist. The therapist actually reported, this guy seemed to be dangerous. It didn't raise enough red flags, though, to actually do something about this guy. This guy was able to amass an arsenal. He And by mail order, he had, um, I mean, like I say, he was loaded up like Rambo. He booby-trapped his apartment, so any investigators came by might have been seriously harmed. Uh, this guy had some serious mental issues, but it never aroused enough attention for anybody to stop it. So I don't, I have no doubt that working on mental health issues has probably stopped several mass shootings from taking place in this country, but it obviously isn't catching all of them. And gun control is not going to catch all of them either, but um, you know, there are guns out there. And of course there's the argument that if somebody wants to do somebody harm, they'll do it. But you know, you take a country like Japan and yes, there have been guys who have gotten on the train with uh, sumo uh, or samurai swords, I should say, and caused a lot of, you know, a lot of death and, and such. But obviously something like that is a lot easier to control than somebody who's got an assault weapon on them. So I, I think if we take a dual pronged approach to the mental health and the gun control, we might be able to accomplish something. But um, right now, unfortunately, both sides are are unwilling to bend. And I I think this is the major impediment in all the talk from politicians about doing something like this is the one. We have to change this in this country. And it it doesn't stop it. Nothing has changed, unfortunately, through all that rhetoric. So, um, you know, that is my plea. Um, You know, it's if these two sides would just find some middle ground, some way where they can actually appeal to all sides. Because, you know, I don't believe that a backer of the Second Amendment wants these kind of killings to take place by any means more than I believe that, you know, the left is, you know, is is gleefully trying to take away everybody's guns out there and, and ruin everybody's, uh, everybody, every gun owner's rights to bear arms. But um, again, middle ground has got to be found there. So um, the whole situation in Boulder, like I say, is is very tragic. And uh, I think another thing that's popped up right away that has really disturbed me, and it's kind of endemic of what's going on in this country, is as soon as they announced this this, uh, 21-year-old's name, he has a very Middle Eastern-sounding name. And, you know, we've had issues uh, over in Atlanta with... Um, you know, Asian Americans feeling like they've been targeted. And of course, this uh, white male shooter 
shot, uh, you know, mostly Asian women. Again, we don't know his exact motives, but obviously the Asian American community and Pacific Islander community has stepped up and said, we have been feeling this kind of bias against us for quite a while now. Some of it brought on by rhetoric following the uh, outbreak of the pandemic, but I am sure it goes further back than that. And now, um, right away, I've already seen posts online, people saying, oh, look at the name. And I, I'm, I'm fearful in this country right now that there's going to be backlash against the Muslim community, Middle Eastern community. Um, you know, it just seems to be the way it goes in this country. Uh, again, post that simply put that guy's name out there from the aspect of, uh-oh, here we go, Middle Eastern terrorism or, or something like that. Um, th- this is a young man who it sounds like had some mental issues. Again, didn't rise to the attention of authorities, but he had some anger issues. And uh, I'm not saying this is the reason why he shot up the King Supers. There was no, uh, we have no indication of that at this point, but it sounds like he was very hypersensitive to getting picked on, bullied when he was in high school at Arvada West High School here in Colorado over uh, him being Muslim and uh, having a Muslim, very Muslim sounding name. So uh, I'm hoping that doesn't lead to, you know, further repercussions along those lines. Um, you know, the whole issue of racism, I, I'm not going to dive into real deeply here um, because it's it's been discussed, you know, ad nauseum at this point, but it needs to be discussed more. But it, it seems, to again, to be at the, the root of, of some of this violence that's taken place in this country here just in the last week. And um, it's sad that we are emerging from a horrific pandemic that has gone on for now more than a year. And, you know, we're hoping to get back to normal. And as some people said, wow, is the new, is, is normal, the, the normal we're going back to where we had a record number of mass shootings in 2020, contrary to what some people believe, um, there weren't the, sure, school shootings and stuff, but obviously um, we had a record number of mass shootings in 2020. We had um, the second highest number in 2019 before the pandemic began. It is something we do need to address in this country. And, you know, bottom line comes down to is we certainly need to respect one another more. We need to deal with these issues and we need to be able to talk out, um, you know, just very deeply seated issues that unfortunately have gone on for generations and we're just coming to loggerheads with right now. So uh, in closing, I just want to say, um, you know, thoughts and prayers, an expression that I'm tired of hearing, um, you know, it's it's not level not at the level of anger on my part, but um, thoughts and prayers are certainly with those affected in Boulder, um, the victims as well as all those people in the store who obviously are are going to be traumatized, the the police officer, uh, a father of seven, uh, who um, those kids tragically will have uh, will be missing their dad from now on, and, and again all the families involved. It, it was a terrible situation. So. Uh, appreciate your listening, and um, again, this is not meant to be a um, rabble-rousing kind of episode, but certainly I would invite any comments. I'm always open to discussion. Uh, I don't care if you're coming to from the right, from the left. Uh, I'm not judging people. Uh, I, I'm always happy to discuss and uh, have a good conversation about subjects like this. So thank you once again for listening to the We Are Superman podcast.